Turn to somebody and tell them, I'm ready for a suddenly. Tell somebody else, I'm ready for a suddenly. Hallelujah. I am um, a, a, a bit concerned about what's happening in the body of Christ and um, some things that I really believe in my heart that we need to be reminded of uh, today. And I hope that you take this away and understand. I, I just recently found out that Reinhardt Bonnke is not well at all. He is really struggling with his health, and you know who he is. Uh, Brother Reinhardt has touched Africa, meetings with millions and millions and millions of people, uh, great signs, great wonders, and great miracles. I also found out that um, Benny Hinn is not doing well at all, that he's struggling, and so keep Benny Hinn in, his pray- in your prayers. Um, It seems as though that those who demonstrated and have demonstrated and have become known for demonstrating signs, wonders, and miracles, uh, it seems as though those uh, fathers who have showed us and uh, demonstrated the miracles of God that we could see, it seems as though they're passing off uh, the scene. And it grieves me because uh, I do believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. Does anybody believe in signs, wonders, and miracles? Now, you don't believe in them until you need a miracle. Hallelujah. And uh, hopefully you do believe in them. Do you believe in signs, wonders, and miracles? Turn to somebody and tell them, I believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. Now, I understand what a sign is, and I understand what a miracle is, but uh, I wonder what a wonder is. I think a wonder is one of those suddenlies. Someone say suddenlies. It's one of those things that happen, and you say to yourself, I wonder how that happened. It's so wild. It's so life-changing. It's so miraculous. You say to yourself, I wonder how that happened. And I, I want to I I bring your attention to the fact that we are a many-membered body, And each and every one of us are called to supply strength to somebody else. God wants to do signs, wonders, and miracles through you. When the uh, post-war, we had the R.W. Shambox and the A.A. Allens and all of those guys, those tent revivalists that were demonstrating signs, wonders, and miracles. And after that, you know, in the 1960s, I think uh, in the early 60s, there came the charismatic movement. What happened during the charismatic movement, that there was a voice and an understanding that God just didn't want to do miracles through uh, the Shambachs and the Allens and these people that that we've seen cross this nation and uh, are noted for signs, wonders, and miracles. There came a teaching concerning the body of Christ and that we were a many-membered body and that the body of Christ was to be used to glorify the king and expand the kingdom and that God wanted to use just ordinary people like me and you to do signs, wonders, and miracles. Somehow we lost sight of that. Somehow, I don't know how it happened. I don't know how these things happened, but we went back uh, to just looking to one or to two or three or four or five. And just saying, well, you know, God does miracles and wants to do miracles through Benny Hinn. And he might do it through this one or that one. And we have lost sight that it's the body of Christ. Yeah. 
every member of the body supplying someone else with strength. And God wants to do miracles through all the the many-membered body. I wish someone would say amen with me. Whether you like it or not, you're part of that body. I hope you like it. If you're born again and you're in love with Jesus, you are part of that body. Now, I believe it is very important that we assume and take on the responsibility that God has put upon the body of Christ. We can't leave the signs, the wonders, and the miracles to just a few. We need to be encouraged to go out and reach those that we come in contact with every day. I guarantee you there is somebody that you're going to come in contact with, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, at least this week, that's going to need a miracle from God. Everywhere you look, somebody needs a miracle from God. Now, I want to tell you something. When you have received a miracle from God, you'll never be the same. Come on, someone say amen. When you have witnessed the power of God, you'll never, ever, 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 ever be the same. My wife, we had uh, our oldest boy, Jim, and that was it. She, it was difficult. She could not get, get pregnant. She was, diff, you know, just, I don't know, something was going on in there. I had no idea what it was. <laughs> the doctor had an explanation that she would never have another child. And as a young mother, she loved Jim so much because he was so lovable. Her heart was broken that she would never have another child. And so, you know, um, of course, she was not content because a barren womb oftentimes is not content. And she wanted to have more children. Well, she slipped out and went to a prayer meeting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just a group of ordinary people that were praying and crying out to God and seeking the Lord. And she went there. Her heart was broken. And she gave them uh, the information that the doctor had given her, that she would just have one child and never have any more. Well, that prayer meeting started something in motion. I still still can't figure out how it happened. But there were four lovely children that came after that. That was a miracle. I said that was a miracle. One time we were over here giving away food and that over here and um, in the fellowship hall and there was a group of people there. It was one of those times, you know, the, the brother Robert was leading worship and we could feel the presence and there was such a touch of God. But the people that were there were not there for the lamb. They were there for turkey. And they were like, give me my food. I want to get out of here. And so the service went on and on and on. And they were like, give me our food. Now, I normally minister the gospel during those times and invite people to come to Christ. But this crowd was tough. They were like, you know, just get this over with, this happy Jesus stuff. We are hungry. Give us our turkey. We're leaving here. I mean, it was not. And so I'm thinking, what am I going to do? It's impossible. There's no way. I can't cut through all of this. There was a lot of anger. There's just a whole lot of confusion there. And uh, I said, well, we're going to need a miracle. That's what I said. We're going to need a miracle. So Robert looked to me and I looked to him. He said, what should I do? I said, keep on singing. So he kept on singing, more he sang, the more annoyed they got. The place was packed. You could, nobody could sit anywhere. They, it was just packed with people. And about halfway through it, a man came in with those, um, what do you, those things they put on their wrists. Braces. Yeah, braces. He had multiple sclerosis. And he came in along the side of the building, and they made a seat for him up front. 
And he came in and he was walking and struggling to walk like this. And it was quite a scene. Everybody looked because nobody wanted to pay attention to anything else. They all looked at him. He walked along the side. Someone sat a seat. There was only one seat they found and put it right up front. And then suddenly, turn to somebody and tell them, then suddenly. Man, they got down on that beat, you know. Robert got to singing. Nobody's got, nobody can do you like Jesus can do you. What do you think about Jesus? He's all right. What do you think about Jesus? He's all right. I said, now, what do you think about Jesus? He's all right. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I said, now, what do you think about Jesus? I said, now, what do you think about Jesus? Robert got to singing that man. That guy stood up, like stood up. He like stood up, started walking back and forth where everybody could see him. And he struggled for a few moments and he was walking back and forth. And then he dropped one of those things. Then he dropped another one of those things. Hallelujah. God instantly healed that man that night in front of that crowd. I gave an altar call for salvation and those who wanted to accept a Jesus who could do those kinds of things. Oh, buddy, I almost got run over. They wanted him so bad. Miracles make the difference. Turn to somebody and tell them miracles make the difference. Now, I want to talk to you about why the Holy Spirit. What's your name, buddy? Eric. Eric, I like you. Bless you, Eric. You're hungry, huh? You're hungry for God, aren't you? Yeah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for Eric. Lord, he's hungry. He came here hungry. And the hungry are always fed. They are always, always fed. Father, you may not be able to articulate it. Maybe you can't quote Bible scriptures. And, oh, Lord, he's maybe not even proud of where he's been. But I thank you for where he's at right this moment. We thank you for there's his life. Give him the greatest miracle of all. Let his heart be turned to the living God. Father, overshadow him and make a way where there seems to be no way. Father, I'm asking you to move so wonderful. So, Lord, just let one of those, one of those, you know, those things that just happened in his life, one of those suddenly where there's such a transformation from this day on, the hand of God is felt in his life and the hand of God goes before him and prepares the way. Everybody shout hallelujah. Amen. Why the Holy Spirit? Let me tell you, I believe the Holy Spirit is a friend. How many of you believe the Holy Spirit is a friend? He's a comforter. He's a guide. You know, when you're troubled and you don't know what to do, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit can download some information regarding on what you are supposed to do. I met with somebody uh, Friday. I gave someone a, a builder, as a matter of fact. I gave a builder. Um, uh, 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 he went on me with a tour, and he started to see some of the things that we're doing over there. And he said, well, who's kind of guiding this? I said, well, I have a general contractor, but I'm involved also. He said... How do you know what you're doing? I said, I don't know. He said, well, somebody knows. I said, well, I have a general contractor. He said, you're involved too? I said, yeah. He said, well, how do you know what to do? I said, I don't know. Oh, you're a builder? No. Well, how do you know what to do? I don't know. 
Then how are you doing it? I said, I know this is going to sound strange. I didn't realize he was a believer. I said, I know it's going to sound strange. He said, I said, but when I get up in the morning, the Spirit of God talks to me. See what I told him. And he knows building. And he knows chemistry. And he knows architecture. Come on, someone say amen with me. Just get up. That's it. He said to me, you must be a great man of faith. I said, I'm not. He said, you don't know anything and you're not a man of faith. What's going on here? I said, I'm obedient to that voice. That's the only reason anything is going on around here. It's because we have been obedient to that voice. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit can speak to you. He's a friend. He's a comforter. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll give you a peace that's just beyond all understanding, a joy that laughs in the face of calamity. But he's more than that. Turn to somebody and tell him he's more than that. And the Holy Spirit has not been deposited into your life. Now, how many are filled with the Spirit? Lift your hand if you're filled with the Spirit. Wonderful, beautiful. If you're not, we'll get you there. Do it again. I want to see your hand if you're filled with the Holy Spirit. He did not deposit the Holy Spirit inside of you just to make you feel good. Although it does make you feel good. He didn't give it to you so you could sit in church and just buzz for 20 minutes. I've seen people do that. I don't know what it is, but you know that you could be a bumblebee and sit in church like. Well, you know, I've seen it happen. And I guess for those who buzz, that's all right, I guess. But. But he gave it. He, he made that deposit inside of you for more than just that. He gave it to you that you might go in the world that you live in and demonstrate signs, wonders, and miracles. Come on, put your hands together and give God some praise with me. Tell, tell somebody something's fixing to happen around here. Maybe even a suddenly. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I said, hot dog, Jesus. All right. <laughs> hallelujah. Romans chapter 8, verse 2. For the law of the spirit. Everybody say the law of the spirit. This word law means principles. The principles of the spirit. And that's what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about the principles of the spirit. This word spirit in the Greek is the Greek word pneuma, which means wind or it means breath. So we're going to talk about the principles of heaven's wind or the breath of God. Say the breath of God. Say heaven's wind. The principles of the breath of God or the wind of heaven. Now, I want you to notice this here right off the bat. For the law of the breath or the wind of life in Christ, Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. 
The first thing I want you to notice is when the breath of God comes, when the spirit of God comes, it brings freedom. Everybody say freedom. freedom. Say, say freedom. I don't care what you're bound by. I don't care what is your bondage. I don't care what is keeping you in check. What you need, like, like, like Brother Shabbat used to say, you don't need a doctor. All you need is the breath of God. I don't care what the trouble is. I don't care what it is that's holding you back. I don't care, you know, what's going on in your life. When the breath of God comes, uh, it brings along with it freedom. That freedom that counseling can't do. Freedom that even reading the Bible can't do. Hallelujah, there's the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. And when the spirit falls and the word of God is inside of you, it will bring a freedom that nothing else can bring. Anybody trying to get free from anything around here? I'm not going to look, but I know this crowd. I said, anybody trying to get free around here from something? Put your hand up. We could pour oil on you until your hair falls out. We could rub you. We could shout, let go, hang on. We had two sisters in our church up in Pennsylvania, an old Pentecostal church. And they were praying ladies. One would get on one side of the and say, brother, let go. Brother, let go, let go, let go, let go. The other one would get on the other side. And she'd say, he, she'd say, hang on, hang on, hang on. By the time they got done praying for you, you didn't know whether you were coming or going, hanging on or letting go. We're going to let you go and tell you to hang on and shout in your ear and spit in your face. Hallelujah. Nothing can happen. We can raise our voice or have a very quiet, dignified voice, God, today. We can do all of that, but not until the wind of heaven blows. Not until the spirit of the living God comes will you find freedom and liberty. Because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Now, I am thankful for all of the things we do here week in and week out. But there's something inside of me that is a cry. There's something inside of me that says religion is not enough. Tradition is not enough. Just happening to come and do the same thing. I'm looking for the wind of heaven to disturb things around here. Will somebody say amen with me? I'm looking for the presence of almighty God and the breath of God to fall on everybody that needs him. Will somebody shout amen with me? I'm looking for the breath of God to go out there in the highways and the byways and compel them to come into the house of the Lord. I'm looking for the breath of God to fall and deliverance and healings take place. Give somebody a high five and tell him he's preaching. When it's all said and done, the truth of the matter is this is what we all, this is the only real thing we have to offer you. You men and you ladies, listen to me. With all of the teaching, with all of the things that go on, with everything we try, the truth of the matter is the only thing that we really have to offer you is to experience the same experience that we experienced, and that is for the breath or the Spirit of God to fall in your life. 
That's why we do what we do. We don't just sing because Dan likes to play the guitar and sing and someone likes to beat on the drums. We sing and we worship. And as we worship, we're inviting the spirit, the breath of God to fall on us. We used to sing a song, let him breathe on me. Every now and then I got to cry. That's the cry of my heart. Father, breathe on me. I'm as lost as a bat at noonday. I don't know what to do next. I am confused. I don't know what's going on. I, I feel weak. I feel this. I feel that. I feel uh, that the enemy is trying to destroy my life. And I don't know what to do. I don't know the right words. But I'll tell you, when the breath of God comes, everything seems to be okay. Can you say it with me? Father, breathe on us. Come and lift your hands to heaven and say, Father, breathe. Breathe on us. Send the spirit of the living God. Breathe on us. The, the law of the spirit or the principles of the spirit or the breath of the life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I'll tell you something about sin. Sin will separate you. Sin will keep you from all that God has for you. It separates. Anybody ever felt the consequences of your sin and felt so separated from God? That thing that just stands between you and God. A thing that reminds you of your wrongdoing that's a principle the principle or the law of sin is that sin separates you sin keeps you from God and death the principle of death not physical death but spiritual death the Bible says you were dead in your trespasses and in your sins how many believe that I didn't say that the Bible said it you were dead in your trespasses and in your sins. You were so dead in your trespasses and your sins, you did not have the ability to respond to the living God. Let me tell you about dead folks. They can't respond. You can go over there right now. That funeral home will drag out one of those dead bodies. You can say anything you want to that dead body. You're ugly. You got a big nose. Was your daddy a monkey? You can say anything. You can say anything you want to a dead person. They can't respond. They can't say nothing. They can't say, you're ugly too. No, they say nothing. They just lay there. You can say, you're stupid. You can say anything you want. They just. How come they say when someone is dead and laying in the coffin, why do they always say, oh, he looks so good? He looks like himself. He looks so good. He don't look good. looks dead. He looks like he's asleep. He is not asleep. Okay? Get it? He's not asleep. He's dead. You can't have a conversation or borrow five bucks from him. He's dead. 
You were dead in your trespasses and your sin. That's a principle of death. That's a principle of sin. But hallelujah, we have been set free from the principles of sin and the principles of death. I am no longer separated from the living God. Come on, somebody shout amen with me. Because the spirit of life in Christ, because the breath of God came over my life. People have got all kinds of ways to have revival. Oh, you do this, you get revival. You do that, you get revival. Do this, you get revival. Have donuts and coffee, you get revival. <laughs> Give away $5 bills, you get revival. You don't get revival until the breath of God falls and touches lives. Come on, put your hands together and give God some praise. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. Another translation says that there was chaos. There was darkness. And there was chaos on the face of the earth. Sounds like some of our lives. Chaotic and filled with darkness. There was no form. There was no order. There was no fashion. Everything was chaotic. Everything was dark. There was no light. There was no order. But I want you to notice what happened. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God. The breath. Everybody say the breath. God began to breathe on that which was dark. God began to breathe on that which was chaotic. And out of chaos... And out of darkness came light and order. How many of you could use some order in your life? How many of you could use light rather than darkness? It is the breath of God that came. And out of chaos brought order and out of darkness brought light. The breath, the spirit. Hebrew is a different word, but it's the same. In Greek, it's pneuma. In Hebrew, it's a different word, but it both means the breath of God when it talks regarding the spirit. And the Lord God formed a man of the dust of the ground and breathed. Everybody say breathe. He took that dust and began to mold it. And all it was was a clump of clay. Fashioned, but a clump of clay, but it wasn't alive. And it wasn't until the breath of God was breathed into mankind. Then and only then did he become a living soul. He breathed. And man became alive. I want to tell you something about the breath of God. It is powerful. It's powerful. It is a force to be reckoned with. 
Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Let me tell you, when the breath of God comes, it transforms. It takes that which has no life and gives it life. It takes that where there's only darkness and brings light to dispel the darkness. Where there's no form and it's all chaos. When the breath of God comes, things straighten up and get in order. The breath. Everybody go. Don't do it on your neighbor. Just do it. <laughs> Come on, do it with you. Some of you, you can do this. This is not hard. You do this every day. You breathe, don't you? Is anybody not breathing? <laughs> he breathes. And life comes. That what has no, has no life becomes alive because of the breath or the spirit of God. Luke chapter 1 verse 35. And the angel answered and said unto her, this is Mary. And the Holy Spirit or the holy breath. Everyone say holy breath. And the holy breath will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that holy one who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Jesus was formed in the womb of Mary only after the breath of God came on her. Whether you know it or not, whether you're a man or you are a woman, you have a spiritual um, womb. Turn, ladies, turn to the men and tell them, you have a womb too. <laughs> Hallelujah. And some of you men need to get pregnant. Tell them that. Say, you need to get pregnant. We're not talking about something natural. We're not talking about a little boy, a little girl, or twins. We're talking about Jesus himself being formed on the inside of you. That's what's going to transform. I wish somebody would say amen. That's what's going to empower you. That's what's going to allow you to go out and be the Benny Hens in your life and in your neighborhood and with your families. That's what's going to allow you to go out and do signs, wonders, and miracles when Christ is formed on the inside of you. And Christ is formed on the inside of you with the breath or the spirit of God falls on you no i hate to break the news to you but those of you that lifted your hands and said you were filled with the holy spirit you have an obligation that's why you can invade darkness that's why chaos has to stop when you arrive on the scene will somebody say hallelujah with me the writer of ephesians said when i cast out devils by the spirit or by the breath of God, the kingdom of God is known to all men. How many of you believe the kingdom of God needs to be known to all men? Come on, someone say amen. 
Hallelujah. The scripture said by the writer of the book of Ephesians, he said, when I cast out devils by the wind or by the breath of God, then the kingdom of God is known by all men. Want to know why you can cast out devils? Not because you're a good little boy or a good little girl, but because you are filled with the wind and the Holy Spirit and the breath of God. Come on and give God some praise with me. I wish I could sing that song. I don't know it, but let him breathe on me. Say that with me. Say, let him breathe on me. Lift your hands and just say, let him breathe on me. Breathe. Breathe. Come on, say it. Breathe. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit or the breath of God has come upon you. And you, everybody say, and you. You, yeah, I know it's not proper to point, but I want you to point. Say, and you. You shall receive power after that the breath of God has come upon you and 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 even you back there. And you shall be witnesses. The Holy Spirit wasn't given to you to give you goosebumps. Anybody ever have Holy Spirit goosebumps? Oh, come on. Have you ever had Holy Ghost goosebumps? Well, if you haven't, you are missing something. You know, it just, woo, just goes up and down. It's better than a massage. You just feel this thing. It's just, anybody ever felt that? You haven't felt it? We're going to work on that today. But the Holy Spirit wasn't given to you, deposited to you, just so you could feel goosebumps. I don't even know what goosebumps are. As long as you don't start quacking, we're okay. But the Holy Spirit, the breath of God was given to you so that you might be a witness. That you might be the one that demonstrates signs, wonders, and miracles. Robert Chalirian calls me. He normally texts me from all around the world. Wherever he's at, he'll text me. I'm here. I'm here. I'm there. I'm there. I'm in Asia. I'm in the Philippines. I'm on my way to this way. I'm here. I'm in, I'm in London. I'm here. Wherever he's at, he'll text me. I always text him back one thing. Always. I, mean, I always tell him I love him and I'm proud of him. And I'm so, you know, happy about what's going on in his life and how God's restoring him. And so I always text him one thing back. You know what I text him? Pray for the sick and pray for miracles. My wife was down in the Dominican Republic just recently. I tried to text her, couldn't text her, I texted her a bunch of times. She didn't get the text. She texted me back and said, how come you're not texting me? I did text her. I had to prove it when she got home. She was not happy. But you know, one of the things I kept saying to her, pray for the sick. Pray for miracles. I believe all of my heart that the hardest of hearts are turned to the living God when they see a miracle. Come on, say amen with me. 
They got this blind guy and said, hey, tell us what happened. He's not supposed to do this stuff on the Sabbath day. We want a testimony. Tell us what happened. The blind guy said, I don't know what happened. All I can tell you is once I was blind, but now I can see. Come on, somebody say amen with me. And once they are blind and now they can see, they will acknowledge the same God that you acknowledge. Someone said, what kind of church are you? We're a breath church. Where do you go to church? I go to the breath church. I like it. Church of the breath. You know that wind that came on the day of Pentecost and filled them with the Holy Spirit? And 4,000 people that day were swept into the church. That same wind, that same breath is the same breath that we're talking about today. Now I understand why the writer of the scripture said, don't be drunk with wine but be filled with the Spirit. It makes the difference. And if you've got him living inside of you, you are called to go out and perform signs, wonders, and miracles. You know what I love about Brother Pond Trigger other than the fact that he's cute? Brother Bond Trigger's cute. That's you. There's been such a transformation in Brother Bond Trigger's life. I've watched him endure good times and difficult times, and his wife passed away years ago. He's remained faithful. Do you know? <laughs> do you know what he really lives for more than just making cars to give away to little boys, little girls, and you know what he lives for? He lives to lay hands on the sick and pray for those. Yeah. If you want to float Brother Bond Trigger's boat, that kind of rhymes, doesn't it? Going to float the boat for Bond Trigger. If you want to float his boat, just get some six folks around him and let him pray the prayer of faith. He loves it. And every time I see him, every time he went on this trip, I told my wife, you take him to the Dominican Republic and parade all the sick folks in front of him because Brother Bontrager is going to see miracles and he believes it. Work through his life, signs, wonders, and miracles. He delights more of that than anything else.
How many are filled with the Holy Spirit? Lift your hands up. How many want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? You don't have it yet. Still, I still, you want more, that's good. See, I knew you had hunger, man. Like your hairdo, too. Yeah. It's a, is that a star? Wow, neat. Who did that? If you've got chaos going on in your life, you're sick in your body, your mind, there's darkness, it makes no difference. All of our problems are different, but the answer is the same. The wind of heaven can cause order to come out of chaos. At the wind of heaven, darkness has to back up. At the breath of God, demons have to flee. And so, will you do me a favor, partner? Put that over there. This, just drag it over there. Yeah, put it in reverse, it goes faster. I don't know how we could even do this. There's something inside of me. I'm crying for suddenly. On the day of Pentecost, there came a rushing mighty wind wasn't a rainstorm it was the breath of God that empowered them I'm so hungry man Saul he said Saul he said the spirit of God is going to come upon you and you will prophesy with the prophets and you will become a brand new man you'll be transformed into a new man how many of you are hungry how many want the breath of God to come over your life? I don't know how to do this, but we'll do it some way, somehow. I'm an old-fashioned preacher. I believe in altar calls and people gathering. I, I'm, I guess I'm dated, but... If you're hungry, how many are hungry? Lift your hands up. How many are hungry for more? Yeah. I want you to come to this altar. Every one of you, come, come. Those that are hungry, I don't care. Just come. Make your way here. Make your way here. Make your way here. Make your way here. Please. If you're hungry, come.